we begin with the brazen cyber attack that has shut down the biggest pipeline in the United States, cutting off the flow of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Today, the FBI put out a statement pointing the finger at a group of hackers. The FBI says the dark side ransomware is responsible for the compromise of the colonial pipeline networks. JBS paid hackers a ransom of $11 million after last week's cyber attack crippled that company's meat supply. The paper citing the company's CEO reports the company paid the ransom in Bitcoin. He told the journal it was a painful decision, but called it the right thing for our customers. The hack shuttered several U.S. beef plants and sparked concerns about rising meat prices and supply issues. The FBI reports the Russian criminal cyber gang R Evil was behind the attack. Question is, will the FBI hack them back? 2020 is a year that has really changed the world. It is thanks to technology that we are able to join the cyber polygon entirely remotely. This training is another step in creating a trusted digital environment and fostering open dialogue to discuss even the most challenging cybersecurity issues. can fight these phenomena which are only going to increase in the next couple of years in this dynamic technological environment. As this world grows in, in force and, and this happens throughout the world, it's just a statement of the obvious you need to protect people properly. There will be another crisis, uh, it will be more significant and you know we need to actually start preparing for that now. When we do see this next crisis, it will be faster than what we've seen with COVID. Uh, the exponential growth rate will climb, uh, be much steeper. Uh, the impact will be greater. And as a result, the economic and social uh, implications will be even more significant. And welcome, everybody, to the midweek edition of NWCZ Radio's Down the Rabbit Hole. I'm Big D. I'll be your host for this episode. Um, yes, I, first of all, I want to say thank you to all of you who have emailed, concerned. Um, Brandon, I, I believe, said a couple of times on his show or on the show that uh, I was out uh, for a family emergency. And that is true. Uh, my family and I had to say goodbye to my mom. She passed away uh, a little over a week ago. And so we had some traveling to do and lots of plans and <laughs> going through lots of stuff. And uh, anyway, but uh, we tried to make it a celebration. And uh, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. And I will be here on Sunday. Brandon and I will be back together. And I hope you'll tune in to listen to that episode because Sunday we're going to talk 
um, all about the fourth turning. It's been something we've wanted to talk about for a while, but, uh, you know, with things happening and we actually haven't been in the same studio together for a couple of weeks now, that's what we're going to do. I want to remind you, as always, that you can contact us right here at downtherh at protonmail.com. We love hearing from you. And in fact, what we're going to talk about tonight, I, I want to give a special shout out to a couple of listeners who have sent me information on this. I've been following what we're going to talk about tonight. and um, But I want to specifically say thanks to Cody and Derek, who sent me some information that has been very helpful in putting together uh, tonight's show. What we're going to talk about tonight is something that has kind of flown under the radar. I knew about it. I was following up until it happened. It happened on July 9th. And it was called the Cyber Polygon 2021. And the Cyber Polygon is something that has uh, it's been going on. I think this is the third year. And it is much like Event 201. It's, uh, it, it's where, where the World Economic Forum and all the major players get together. And they sort of war game. They, it's, now, remember, we've talked about Event 201 in pretty good detail that that was it happened like a month, maybe a month and a half before the pandemic where they, where they got together with all the, with Microsoft and Facebook and, and, and the media and everybody. And they, they did this, this mock, this sort of war game about what if, a, what if a virus got released on the world? How, how would it, how would they cover it and how would they handle it? And then, Oh, Hey, by the way, then a virus hit coincidence, right? And there's a few other, as we get going, there's a, I've discovered some other um, so-called war games or uh, mock responses to events. And this has been going on for a long time throughout history. And coincidentally, usually when there is an exercise or like uh, an event 201 or some sort of mock response to something, it generally happens pretty quickly. And coincidence, that's going to be up to you to decide. However, not a lot of attention was paid to uh, this uh, Cyber Polygon 2021. And I think it's worth taking note because a lot of the language... So I, I went and looked back at the first two Cyber Polygons, and, and the first two were pretty mundane, they were basically about uh, cyber hacking, how to get ahead of the game, uh, how uh, businesses and, and particularly banks could um, you know, secure themselves to cyber hackers. And they, they, they played like red versus blue games where they had uh, the red team would try to hack into the blue team who were pretending to be banks and they were... Uh, trying to ward them off, and and it you know it was pretty much just sort of on the level, but this Cyber Polygon twenty twenty one has their language has completely changed, and it's become so in Cyber Polygon twenty twenty one they went from preventative measures war gaming to basically telling us and predicting that there are going to be not there might be there are going to be massive cyber attacks and it is going to shut down everything. Now, what's going to be interesting here is if you go back to the beginning of our coverage of COVID, 
And I I deemed this whole thing basically the uh, the the great not not the, not the great reset, but the great conditioning. I I predicted that this was COVID was or is basically the, the prequel. And what they want to do with COVID is they want to see how far they can push the people. Who resists? Who doesn't fall into line? How, much, how far can they push the people before they push back with the lockdowns, the masks, the mandates, everything? And that's what we're seeing. We're, we're definitely seeing that. And I think the next event that is being planned from our, our betters, the, 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 the Davos people, the, the World Economic Forum, uh, all, the, all those who think that uh, they rule the world, what they have planned is what they're, what they're putting out here in this Cyber Polygon 2021. It's pretty obvious. And as we go through it, I think you'll see, like I do, that the whole COVID thing has just been a big test. Because we all we we've been over the COVID stuff over and over and over again, um, and the vaccines, and it's it's amazing how a lot of that stuff that we've talked about months ago are just now hitting the mainstream news, and people are starting to question. People are starting to, everything that was a conspiracy theory is now pretty much out there, and and then and like I said in last week's midweek podcast, it's basically a time of choosing now. You're gonna have to choose which side you're on, which, which way you're going to go, how you're going to move forward. Because there is a great divide that is happening. And I believe this next event that they have planned, now I don't know when it will take effect, but they're telling us that it is going to happen. And I think that is going to be, according to them, the crushing blow to where they can, because we've seen all the changes that they've tried to make via the lockdowns, via you know the, just the authoritarian takeover of our personal lives, and and giving up our and a lot of people giving up their freedoms and everything with the COVID. It's child's play with what's coming, according to them, with cyber attacks, and we'll, so let's get into it. Yeah, so this event going on, well, first of all, while we're over fussing about the Delta variant and the trans issues and BLM issues, the orchestrators of all of these issues and COVID themselves, which is Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and all of these elites, they are meeting this weekend for a huge Davos-sized event. And this event is called Operation Polygon cyber polygon. So this is huge. We all know, well, you should know by this point about um, Operation Event 201, which happened right before the COVID pandemic, right before the first cases of COVID got released, right? So the same players, Klaus Schwab, World, World Economic Forum, Johns Hopkins, Bill Gates, etc. they all met to war game this coronavirus. And then lo, lo and behold, a month later, coronavirus begins. And they said, oh, it was just us wargaming and, and, and practicing something and how weird and coincidental that it just got released. But no, so, so we know that these people, these elites, they wargamed 
uh, what they're about to unleash on the rest of the world. And it's very sophisticated. The World Economic Forum and these same elites have been doing this for years. They do this. That's what they do. So this weekend is a really significant event. It's called Cyber Polygon. And what it is, is they're wargaming a cyber attack throughout the world that they say is going to be 10 times greater the effect than COVID-19 has been on the world as far as its disastrous effects. And this it's going to be cyber attacks that are going to break down supply chains, break down whole industries, rail systems, uh, food industries. Of course, they're gearing up to starve us so that we can eat those worms and uh, Bill Gates plant-based meat. Um, but they've been preparing for this for a while. All of these cyber attacks do, um, you know, the cyber attack on the meat industry, the, the cyber attack on the automobile industry, all of these cyber attacks uh, that people think was just, oh, it was just the Russians, this Russian hit group. No, Yeah, no, it's been lots of different <clears throat> attacks going on. And so to refresh your memory, and before we get into the nitty gritty details, of the cyber polygon and what they're proposing through this uh, this forum, and and what I believe is coming our way, let's just take a let's take a run back. Uh, this is a couple of minutes. Uh, bear with me here because I want to refresh your memory uh, of recent major cyber attacks that, in my opinion, didn't get the did not get the news it should have. I, I true I believe these were these are false flags. I think these were test runs. I can't prove that. That's my theory. But seems kind of weird. Seems kind of weird that the World Economic Forum is talking about major attacks on major uh, supply lines, such as fuel, food, uh, all, every, basically every everyday life things. And so let's just let's take a look back at some of the attacks that have happened over the last. Oh, year or so. It appears that America, however, has been on the back foot in the battle for cyberspace. Fired DHS cybersecurity chief Christopher Krebs admitted this weekend it was his failures which ultimately allowed the SolarWinds attack to go on undetected for many months. We're following new developments on that massive hack attack, one top cybersecurity firm issuing a major warning tonight. This is probably the most significant ransomware attack on one of our critical infrastructures ever. Plano Pipeline is the operative largest pipeline carrying fuel from the Gulf Coast to the Northeast. The biggest fuel pipeline system in the United States remains crippled by a cyber attack that's been called the worst of its kind in the U.S. Tonight, a complex and sinister mystery. This is one of my worst nightmares come to light. A crippling cyber attack that forced a major U.S. energy pipeline offline Friday. You're holding a major component of the United States infrastructure hostage. This weekend, an emergency response across the U.S. government. Homeland Security, the FBI, Department of Energy, and more. Last month, hackers took our gasoline hostage. Now they're attacking our meat supply. JBS says units in Australia and North America were hit over the weekend by what the company is calling an organized cyber attack. 
John, we had a gas hack. Now we have a meat hack. The company is called JBS USA. Uh, it's not a well-known brand. You might not be familiar with this company, but they own a significant percentage of the beef production in the United States. And take a look at some of the details that they've put out now about this cyber attack. They're saying that the attack has hit servers supporting North American and Australian IT systems. Look, the national security concern here is when you're looking at one of the big elements of the overall food supply in this country. If you're looking at you know, gas supply lines with the Colonial Pipeline hack, and now this one, uh, you're, you're talking about fundamental elements of the supply chain for the overall economy and the overall health of the nations. You'd be worried about the implications of a country that's able to get into our food supply system and disrupt it uh, because of all the knock-on effects that that could have, uh, you know, after that. The and that's, that's where the rub is. What was it? Was it another country? That we don't really know. We don't know the full story on any of these attacks because it was all blamed on the Russians and there was a uh, Bitcoin was paid out, cash was paid out, but uh, nobody was ever caught. Not that I'm aware of. And th just these random names, you know, like, uh, oh, just, and essentially they would always just say it's Russian hackers, but there were no names attached to it. So. <clears throat> And the government would never, <laughs> they, they would never cover anything like that up if they were involved in it, would they? No, of course not. All right, so let's get into Cyber Polygon 2021. Again, it happened on July 9th. I've watched quite a bit of it. It's It, it was like a three-day thing. I couldn't watch all of it, but I, I watched enough, and I watched some highlight clips that uh, the World Economic Forum had put together. And so I think I got the, pretty much the gist of it. It basically comes down to uh, three things that they believe they uh, that is going to happen or that needs to happen in order to ward off these these attacks, which is funny because they keep saying the attacks are going to happen. And so but they believe as a result of these these attacks, and as a result of the chaos that ensues, here's what is going to be needed moving forward. Because remember, this is all part of the Great Reset. And the Great Reset is to break everything down to ground zero and start at year, year zero and then build it all back up. So they believe that the ultimate result is that they, want, they need to immunize the Internet. We'll get into that. Dem, uh, demon, demonize cryptocurrencies. Uh, and basically get rid of cryptocurrencies and bring it all into a, a, a one-world digital currency. And I've talked about that here on the program where there's a big difference between digital currency and cryptocurrency. Digital currency is controlled by is centrally controlled. It's run through the government or the World Bank, and they can track everything. They know everything in your account. They know everything you spend money on. They have ultimate control. They can do what they want. They can erase your account. They can block your account. All kinds of things can happen. And then the last thing they want to do, of course, is to super supersize centralization. And that is the ultimate goal. It's to centralize power and surveillance. And that's they want to do that globally. And in all of society structures. That is the ultimate goal in all of this. 
That's the big goal. The other ones are, I, I would put them into the minor category, but the biggest goal they have out of this is, of course, we need a one world system. We need uh, power that is centralized. We can't have nations. We shouldn't have nation states. And we should have just this one system. And they, uh, they've got it all figured out. And they know better than you. Remember, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. You'll rent everything. No such thing as private property. You won't, you won't have any need of anything. You probably don't even need a job because they're going to give you uh, like this basic income. And we can't travel because it's bad for the planet. And it'll be a social credit system on and on and on. And so that's, that's the hidden language here. Uh, here's some other trends that they talked about. They, um, so along with this, uh, they want to immunize the internet, and they call it with digital antibodies. It's so weird how the language they use in this is, is married to the COVID. Because a lot of this, these, this forum didn't just crop up in, in a week. There's no way they put all this together in a couple of days and, hey, let's have a three-day forum. This stuff, I've been involved in putting together large events, and it never just takes place. It, it takes months, sometimes years of planning and putting together. And I imagine they've been working on this since the close of last year's. So it's really weird and kind of creepy how they use a, a lot of the same language from the, the COVID crisis into this. But anyway, they want digital antibodies to, quote, protect society from cyber attacks and, oh, misinformation by exploiting ransomware attacks and public health crisis to justify the centralization of power and control. Yes, we can't have any misinformation. Uh, who... Who are the arbiters of truth and not allowing misinformation? Through? Who, who's labeling misinformation misinformation? That's an interesting question. Uh, the other thing, of course, is the cryptocurrency. They want a central bank digital currency where all transactions are recorded. All of it's on a centralized ledger. And they have the ability to grant permissions on purchases, which, of course further consolidates power. Of course. Again, that's what this is all about. And they want a closer merger of, corp of co corporation and state as a solution to any given crisis, be it cybersecurity, climate change, or COVID-19. And of course, this is without the vote or surpassing the will of the people. Because see, it's crisis solution. They're going to create the crisis and then they're going to offer the solution. And as we've seen with COVID, which is why I believe they've changed all the language this year, as we've seen with COVID, there are plenty, plenty of people who are willing to give up their entire life, give up all their freedom, give up every their jobs, whatever, to feel safe. And they're banking on that. According to our friend Klaus Schwab, who oversaw this whole thing, and that's a big shock, right? Uh, quote, he says, we have to protect ourselves not only against the virus, but we also have to develop the ability to withstand a virus attack. In other words, masks are not sufficient. We need vaccines to immunize ourselves. This is the same, this is, the same is true for cyber attacks. Here, too, we have to move from simple protection to immunization. We need to build 
IT infrastructures and have digital antibodies built in inherently to protect ourselves. Protect ourselves from what? He keeps saying cyber. They're, they're talking about cyber attacks, but cyber attacks, you know, they're, they're not going to come after essentially you and I. I mean, they may. Event, you know, I, I've, I've been the victim of, I've had my phone hacked. I've had accounts hacked, and it's no fun. It's not fun. It's it's akin to losing your wallet, obviously. So let's take a look at the actual World Economic Forum page that says what the COVID-19 pandemic teaches us about cybersecurity and how to prepare for the inevitable global cyber attack. Notice they don't say possible or probable. They say inevitable, as if it's going to happen. Uh, so they say that COVID-19 shows that the world is at great risk of disruption by pandemics, cyber attacks, or environmental tipping points. We should prepare for a COVID-like global cyber pandemic that will spread faster and further than a biological virus. Here they go again with the weird COVID language, with an equal or greater economic impact. And the coronavirus provides insights in how leaders can better prepare for such cyber risk. See, that's, again, coded language Leaders can be better prepared. How, how are they going to be better prepared? Oh, it would, could it be by them observing how their states or their cities or their countries all responded to COVID? Is that, is that how they can be better prepared? Watch the people, see how they responded, and, and now we know more how to get them on our side. COVID-19 is not the only risk with the ability to quickly and exponentially disrupt the way we live. The crisis shows that the world is far more prone to disturbance by pandemic, cyber attacks, or environmental tipping points than history indicates. Our, quote, new normal isn't COVID-19 itself. It's COVID-like incidents. Yes, it's COVID-like incidents. This is what I'm saying. Listen to the language that they use goes on, it says, and a cyber pandemic is probably as inevitable as a future disease pandemic. The time to start thinking about the response as always is as always yesterday. We haven't had a, a disease or a so-called pandemic for a hundred years, over a hundred years. It was the Spanish flu. And COVID-19 is nowhere near that. It's not even close. And they're acting like it's, it's the worst disease that's ever hit mankind, and we've got to learn all these things from it. And, oh, by the way, these, these future global attacks that are going to happen, they're worse, than, they're worse than COVID-19, which we're pretending is the worst thing that's ever hit the world. It is crazy how they are trying to spin this. So here are the lessons that uh, on this page, and I'll put this in the show notes. Here, this, these are the lessons they claim that we need to that, that we're, we're going to learn, that we need to learn. These are the lessons from COVID heading into the cyber attacks. Number one, a cyber attack with char characteristics similar to the coronavirus would spread faster and further than any biological virus. The, re the reproductive rate, or RO, of COVID-19 is somewhere between two and three without any social distancing, which means every infected person passes the virus to a couple of other people. 
This number affects how fast the virus can spread. The number of infected people in New York was doubling every three days before lockdown. Now, it's all baloney. That's all baloney. But what they're saying is as fast as COVID spread, cyber attacks are going to spread faster. Lesson number two, the economic impact of a widespread digital shutdown, digital shutdown, would be of the same magnitude or greater than what we're currently seeing. It says, if cyber COVID mirrored the pathology of the novel coronavirus, 30% of infected systems would be asymptomatic and spread the virus, while half would continue functioning with uh, performance severely degraded. A, div- a digital equivalent of being in bed for a week. Meanwhile, 15% would be wiped with a total data loss requiring a complete system reinstall. Finally, 5% would be bricked, rendering the di- device itself inoperable. Uh, lesson number three, recovery from the widespread destruction of digital systems would be extremely challenging. Replacing 5% of the world's connected devices re- would require around 71 million new devices. It would be impossible for manufacturers to rapidly scale up production to meet demand, particularly manufacturing logistics systems were affected. And it goes on. Talks about uh, in China how 90% of mobile phones, 90% of computers, and 70% of televisions were produced there in 2018. All right, so here are their solutions. Here's how we can prepare according to the World Economic Forum, how we can prepare for the cyber COVID. Number one, widespread widespread systemic cyber attacks are not just possible or plausible. They should be anticipated. As we have seen with COVID-19, even a short delay in the response can cause exponential damage. So you got to be ready because it's going to happen. Number two, New Zealand's success in fighting the pandemic proves that early decisive actions and clear, consistent communication increase resilience. What did New Zealand do? They completely locked down, shut the island down, stopped travel, shut everybody in, in in the house, put everybody on lockdown. They completely isolated their entire population. So that's the model. That's New Zealand's the model. Pat them on the head. Good little doggies. You, you, you did just exactly what you played right into the hands of the World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, and the rest of them. Okay, number three, COVID-19 has revealed the importance of international cross-stakeholder coordination. Cooperation between public and private sector leaders is also critical. Read that again. Cooperation between public, which would be your public officials, presidents, governors, mayors, and the like, and private sector leaders, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Soros, go to Schwab, go down, is critical, particularly when it comes to mitigation. What are they going to mitigate? What is there to mitigate? Our future? How we're moving forward? Who, who put them in charge? Who put them in, who put private sector leaders in charge of mitigating the future of us. It's ridiculous. Uh, Number four, just as COVID-19 has pushed individuals and organizations to look to digital substitutes for physical interactions, government and business leaders should think about the inverse. Digital rollback 
and continuity plans are essential to ensuring organizations can continue to operate in the event of a sudden loss of digital tools and networks. Necessary part of the digital transformation is having sensitive and important information stored and accessible in physical printing form. That's the only thing I agree with here. Now listen to this last line. Listen carefully. But, but perhaps the most important lesson, COVID, and this they highlighted this, COVID-19 was a known and anticipated risk. It was? By who? COVID-19 was a known and anticipated risk. I thought it just escaped. I thought it escaped from a, a wet market somewhere. I, I, they're still supposedly debating as to where it came from. I thought it just sort of came out of nowhere. Nobody knew. We weren't even. We're not even supposed to ask. It, it just. It was. It happened. They're saying it was a known and anticipated risk, and then they go on. So too is the digital equivalent. Basically, saying the digital equivalent cyber attacks are known and anticipated. So that's them, in my opinion, that's the World Economic Forum and the Davos crowd signaling this is coming. If they're getting so brazen as to tell us that COVID-19 was known and anticipated and that the word was out and there was collusion here between the, the private and the public leaders well who, are we we're the only one who are misinformed we're the only ones who are left out of the loop absolutely absolutely and that's why it's imperative it's important that you don't listen to the mainstream media as they spout off all of their nonsense because they are involved in this they are part of this all you got to do is go back and look at um, event 201 all the, all the major media were there participating in it. Now, this one was a little different. They didn't quite have that going on, but they did have all the major players there. And, and it was, and, you know, the weird thing, if you follow the money on this whole thing, two of the main sponsors of this entire Cyber Polygon 2021 event were Russian banks. Russian banks who also have a stake in cybersecurity. <laughs> I thought, I don't know what that means. I just thought it was really, really interesting because we're, we're being told left, right, and center that all the cyber attacks are coming out of Russia. So who does the World Forum saddle up with besides Bill Gates, Soros, uh, Dorsey, you know, Facebook, Zuckerberg, all those guys? They, they, they saddle up with some banks out of Russia who specialize in, uh, in cybersecurity, supposedly. So we're all, everything's in good hands. Don't you worry about it. All right. So here was the agenda for the official agenda for the Cyber Polygon 2021. They, they wanted to, they had, well, they had several talks, but, but the main talks, one, was digital state of tomorrow, what will it be? New world, new currency, how to make the financial system resilient as digital currencies prolif pro proliferate. I can get that out. I, honestly, I can. I'll say it again. Proliferate. See? 
<laughs> also, international regulation on the net, a necessity. But what about possibilities? So it's all about control. It's all, what, what's, what's the digital state tomorrow going to be like? How, how can we control that? Uh, new world, new currency. How to make a financial system resilient. Uh, how, how, to, uh, how to rein in digital currencies. How are we going to do that? How are we going to control that? And international regulations on the net. A necessity. It's necessary. Why? Well, we, we're in the United States, up in Canada, over in England, down in Australia. It, right now, it's all about, quote, misinformation. You can't go, you, you can't go on a lot of the public forum sites, such as Facebook, Twitter, uh, a lot of the blog forums and stuff, and, and actually write your, you, you can't put down your actual thoughts. Because if it goes against the mainstream narrative, you will get shut down. You'll get arrested. They will find you. They will track you down. They will ban you. They will put you in uh, you know, three-day suspension, five-day suspension, delete your account. So that's what's coming. And that's what they're looking, that's that's what they're looking into and how to implement all this stuff. Just remember problem, reaction, solution. They're gonna there's a problem, and, so, and a lot of times they're going to create the problem. They wait for your reaction, and then they offer you the solution. We, you got to get off that merry-go-round. You have to think for yourself. You have, to, you have to be a critical thinker. You have to go beyond the headlines and not allow these people to dictate to you, to us, how we're going to live our life. They don't know better. They think they do. They pretend that they do. But they don't. They're, it's very. It's all self-serving towards them. So forget them. Forget them. We we need a we need what we need in the world is, is just is a massive movement of we're not going to do it, and that's what it's going to take. That that's what it's going to take it is a mass movement of people just going nope we're done not we're not playing by these rules we're not going to participate in this. You can take your uh, you can take your ideas and go home. So, what is a cyber attack? What are what are they gonna What are they going to look like? Well, of course, the World Economic Forum they're 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 here to let us know. And so, let's see what Klaus Schwab has to say about what a cyber what the what the coming cyber pandemic, which is going to be worse than COVID nineteen, what it's going to look like. Quote: We all know but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack which would bring a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would, see, would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. So everything's going to get shut down. You have no electricity, there will be no gas, there will be no food, all the supply lines will be shut down, all the factories will be shut down, the internet will be shut down, everything will be shut down, and it will be a crisis, and you will be told to stay in your home, don't go out, it will be chaos, be absolute chaos, and, and this is what they're predicting, this is what they're saying is coming. So, uh, also... WEF Chief Business Officer Jeremy Jurgens, 
uh, warns about uh, also this. He says, quote, I would anticipate that when we do see this next crisis, not when we might see this next crisis, not possibly, he says, when we do see this next crisis, it will be faster than what we've seen with COVID. The exponential growth, growth rate will be much steeper. The impact will be greater. And as a result, the economic and social implications will, will be even more significant. Quote, I think it's really important that we don't, estimate, don't underestimate the severity of a crisis like this, the impact it could have. It's going to take all sectors of society and the economy to come together to address it. So who does this benefit? Well, I think if a hack were like, like this were going to take place, and it truly rivals COVID-19 in its ability to completely mess up a normal life, who benefits? That's what we have to ask. Who benefits? Well, I think it would present the World Economic Forum and all their partners, who, who and I'm not going to go through the list. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, all the financial elite and everybody, it's going to give them another opportunity and a bigger opportunity to accelerate the Great Reset, which is what this is all about. This is what it's all about. People still look at me when I, when I bring up or talk about the Great Reset with this deer in headlights look. Like it doesn't exist. Like it's some sort of phantom thing that, we, that, that I found on you know dark web somewhere. It's unbelievable. They have their own website. They've been telling the, the World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab has like three or four books out there. One called The Great Reset, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. These guys aren't hiding. They're not hiding. There's a reason why Bill Gates is buying up farmland like crazy. There's a reason why Facebook and, and Twitter are colluding with governments to fight, quote, misinformation. There's a reason why all this, this isn't all, this is not random. Put the pieces together. See what's going on. Look at, just pull back and look at the bigger picture. It's right there, right in front of our eyes. Now, is there precedent for this? And the answer is yes. And I know we're running, running out of time. So I want to run through these real quick uh, before we wrap this up. Of course, we talked about, uh, Event 201, we know all about that. But there's there's other ones, and I'm going to go through them uh, fairly quickly. And if you're really interested in them, go back, do your own research on it, because they are fascinating, and we don't have time to go in-depth into them today. But uh, there was an exercise one time known as the Crimson Contagion, and it simulated an outbreak of a respiratory virus originating from China from August 13th to August 16th, 2019. The Department of Health and Human Services, headed by Alex Azar, partnered with numerous na national, state, and local organizations for the exercise. According to the results of the October 2019 draft report, the spread of the novel avian influenza, H797, resulted in 110 million infected Americans, 7.7 .7 million hospitalizations, and 586,000 deaths. Also, there was a simulation known as Clade X, which took place on May 2018, and it examined the response to a pandemic resulting from the release of a fictional virus known as Clade X. In the simulation, the virus was released by a terror group called A Brighter Dawn. As the outbreak spread through the United States, the participants asked what would be needed if the president issued a federal quarantine noting that authorities would need to, quote, determine the level of 
force authorized to maintain quarantine. Yikes. The Clade X exercise also resulted in the federal government nationalizing health care system. So see, crisis and solution. Crisis and solution. Uh, also, there was the SPARS, S-P-A-R-S. This took place in October 2017. I think I've talked about this before. Uh, the John Hopkins Center for Health, uh, Health Security released their report, The SPARS Pandemic, 2025 to 2028, a futuristic scenario for public health risk communicators. The report is written from the perspective of someone in 2030 who is looking back on a pandemic which swept around the world between 2025 and 2028. The document states that the creators identified major socioeconomic, demographic, technological, and, and environmental trends which they believe are likely to emerge during this period. The two trends they said that are likely to influence public health emergencies are varying degrees of access to information technology and increased fragmentation among populations along social, political, religious, ideological, and cultural lines. So those, that, those were their conclusions. The conclusions were, uh, and, and we're, the amazing thing is we're seeing this right now. So this has all been planned. This, this stuff's all been worked out. This stuff's all been planned. And, I mean, if you really want to get into it, uh, there were, there's also uh, n- around 9-11, just before 9-11, they were running uh, simulation games. And, and also right before the Boston bombing, the year before the, the Boston bombing at the marathon, they actually ran a bomb exercise as to what, ha- what would happen if a bomb went off at the Boston Marathon. Weird, right? I mean, how many times, how many times has a bomb ever gone off at any kind of marathon? But yet there they were, they were uh, wargaming it. Really, really creepy. And there were also, uh, right around the uh, 7-7 attacks in London, which uh, July 7th, 2005, that there was, a, uh, there was an exercise going on that involved a series of four coordinated suicide attacks that turned from a simulation to a real situation in real time. And uh, so there's, there's lots, there are lots of examples of this. Uh, Those are some that, uh, those are some of the more, I think, famous ones. Uh, Yeah. The Boston bombing one, the, uh, the 2013 bombing of the Boston marathon also involved exercises taking place, which, simulated situations very similar to the real world real, real world events shortly after the bombing boston 25 news reported that quote the massachusetts emergency management agency trained for a potential bombing at the boston marathon one year prior to the april 15 attacks that killed three and injured hundreds more the drill happened at least twice before the bombing and one scenario involved quote bombing occurred at the finish line beneath a spectator grandstand I'll leave it up to you if those are coincidences or not. I have my own. I I have my thoughts, but I don't want to put thoughts. I don't want to put any ideas into your heads. I want you to figure it out and think it out for yourself. That's what we're here about. I'm just here to present you with information. So what does this all mean? And when is this going to happen? Well, obviously we don't know. And, but 
the writings on the wall. They're telling us it is going to happen. Now, I did I, I did some research and I did find that uh, as far back well as I think okay 2012, the uh, U.S. government officials claimed that a digital or cyber 9/11 would happen very soon if the government government was not granted. Uh, more invasive powers to monitor online activity. Uh, at the time, John McConnell, director of the National Security Agency under President Clinton, uh, and then again as director of national intelligence under George Bush and Obama, stated, quote, we have had our 9-11 warning. Are we going to wait for another cyber equivalent of the collapse of the World Trade Center? So they're talking about this as far back as 2011, 2012, and and sounding the alarm. But I think the difference between that and what the World Economic Forum is is saying is I think those I do believe that there certainly was some uh a danger of that. But I believe back then it was more pinpointed attacks they were worried about. They were worried about somebody getting into uh say the Pentagon, somebody hacking into a bank and draining it, somebody hacking into, uh, I don't know, maybe the, the New York subway system and crashing all the trains. Like, they were targeted attacks. That's not what the World Economic Forum is talking about here. They're talking about global shutdown. Global shutdown, which is what they wanted. We know this. We know that this is what they wanted with COVID. And they're, so what they're saying is, hey, you thought COVID was bad. And, and we've, Klaus Schwab is on record as saying that COVID-19 is not the worst pandemic we've ever been through. It's probably one of the few right things he said. But what he's saying about the cyber attacks is they're going to be devastating. They're going to cripple everything, global, worldwide. There will be no travel. You, everyone will be panicked. There will be panic buying. There will be no food in the grocery stores. There will be no gas. There will be you know, scattered electricity, probably no internet, uh, and on and on it goes. I mean, you can imagine the hospitals be shut down because there's no electricity. People, mass people will die. There'll be chaos. The, it'll, un, it'll unleash, you know, People roaming around, stealing. Uh, it, 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 it would be chaos, which, which is what they want. They want complete and utter chaos so that the average citizen will beg them, beg them, beg them to please do something, which is the appeal to authority. Please help us, oh, wise people, oh, you wise people who created this. Please help us now. And that's where that's headed. So what do we do about it? Well, I, as I've said, I'm a big proponent of having physical copies of things you enjoy, such as books, albums, CDs, pictures, uh, things that are physical. Do not keep your things digitally. It could get wiped out. It could be held against you. It could be held from you. It could be used as punishment. It could be used as an incentive. It may disappear. Own your own things. Own them. Have them with you. Have a big library. Have a bunch of books you haven't read. 
put them aside. Have have your albums, have your CDs. Make sure your players are up to date. Make sure that they're functional, they're working. Have a DVD player. If if cable goes down, look. If 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 power goes down, it doesn't really matter, obviously. But unless you have a generator or something. But if you're if you're going to be confined to your home, if that's really what's going to happen, everybody's going to be shut into their homes. Then, are you going to be at the mercy of them? For what you can look at on the internet, what you can do, what you, how long you can be on. No. Set yourself up with physical product. Two, and I know this isn't easy for everybody, but you should have supply of food on hand. Long-term food. Food that, food that you can store. And you don't have to get it all at once. Every time you go to the store... Buy an extra bag of rice, buy some beans, buy some canned food, extra, not that you're going to use, and put it aside. Uh, You can go online. There are plenty of, uh, I'll just call them prepper sites, like like Patriot Supply or Amundsen Farms or where, where they sell buckets of food that you just have to add water to. And I'm not getting paid by any of those. They're not advertising on the show. I'm just telling you that they're out there. There's lots of them out there. Go on to YouTube right now while you still can. Watch some of these people who know how to, uh, who are serious preppers, who can help you. And I'm not saying you have to stock up a warehouse full. I'm just saying you should have set aside a good two, three weeks, maybe a month, whatever you're comfortable with. Also, grow your own vegetables if you're able. Even if you're in an apartment or whatever, have a little herb garden. Have a little planter box garden. Something. Something. Have seeds on hand. Buy seeds. Put them in the freezer. Buy the, uh, uh, buy the heirloom seeds. Buy heirloom seeds that you can freeze, and they'll last like 20 years. Have them on hand. Because when, th- when this goes down, and if it is what they say it's going to be, we're on our own. We're literally on our own. Uh, for me, I, I choose to survive by myself with my family. I will not be bullied into the system. Uh, it's the same thing with the, uh, with the shot. Same thing with the vaccine. Not going to do it. They're not going to force it on me. I'm not going to take it. And I will defend my right and I will defend myself. And it's the same thing with this. What, is, what they have planned and in store for us is to break the system down. Break everything you know. Break everything you enjoy. Break everything you like. Everything you love down. down burn it all down. And they're gonna they want to build it back up in this utopian one world system. And it's up to us to say no. It's pretty simple. It's really that simple. If you look at any totalitarian system that has happened throughout history, if the people at the time had stood up in mass and said, not gonna do it, not gonna take it, and were strong enough about it and cohesive enough about it, none of it would have ever happened. And everyone who went through it looks back and says, 
I wish we had done that. Every book I've read of survivors of totalitarian systems, every single one of them said if we had only stopped it in the beginning. We're, we're here. We're here as people. I don't care if you're in England. I don't care if you're listening in Canada. I don't care if you're listening in Mexico, across the U.S., wherever you're listening, we must band together and stand up. And it is happening. The French are standing up. The Australians are standing up. The Brits are standing up. America seems to be lagging. It's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, don't, I, I, I shake my head in amazement. And, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Because I think what they have coming next, based on this, cyber, this uh, cyber polygon event, um, it is not pretty. And that is going to lead us into Sunday's episode of The Fourth Turning. Fourth Turning is a fascinating study. It's based on a book that came out in the 90s. And according to this book, and it <laughs> it's pretty, seems pretty accurate to me, there are four turnings in uh, basically in an 80 to 100-year period. And the fourth turning is not a pretty time. And according to this book, that's what we're in. And we're going to go, we're going to go right down the line on that. We're going to explain what all the turnings are and especially what the fourth turning is, how long it, how long we have to be in it and what's going to come out on the other side. And I believe that is why we have this massive push by the globalists because we are in this fourth turning and there is this race to basically when we get to the other side, when the fourth turning ends and we, we open up to the first turning and everything is new again, who's in control? What does the world look like? What do governments look like? How are the people acting? It's, it's a fascinating study and we're going to look at it on Sunday. All right. Well, I want to thank you very much for tuning in. If you have any questions about the Cyber Polygon 2021, look it up. I'll put these links in the show notes. And again, you can always email us at downtherh at protonmail.com. And I will be here on Sunday with Brandon. Until then, everybody stay safe, stay informed, and have a great week.